heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, hey there, Growth Junkies, and welcome back to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Uh, I am one of the hosts. My name is Kent Delhousay, and of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Boast. Yes, that's me. He's here, folks. Yep, here again. And we are going to talk about another, oh, I don't know, <laughs> kind of controversial issue. You know, while we're at it, Ben, yeah. we've already waded into politics, uh-huh. which is, you know, really controversial, especially right now. So why don't we just keep going? And I don't know if I'm regretting that conversation or not. I, haven't, I still haven't determined yet. Well, you know what? I, I block out. <laughs> And I, I, I block out what we talked about in my mind, and I, I just can't even think about it. You did it, and then you just created a yes. space. You went to some yes. space somewhere. Well, because what we told everybody was that we were going to process out loud yeah. what we're thinking, and we didn't know where it was going to go. True. So it's just kind of line of thought. Yeah. And so we're going to do it again. See, what we do here as Growth Junkies is we talk about issues relevant to growth and development mm-hmm. from a certain perspective, and that perspective is driven by a concept called love. Yes. We're kind of big on love here, aren't big we? Big concept. Big concept. I said to someone the other day that love, I think, is the thing we believe we're most familiar with, mm-hmm. but we know the least about. Yes. That's what I think about well, love. It's true. If you, if you Google the word love, 99% of what you're going to get back is romantic. True. It's like dating and relationships, but of course, love is way bigger than all that. So Ben, would you kind of um, remind our listeners of what the definition of love is? Yeah, the the one that we pretty much fly under here at the Institute is love is to know, want, and do what's in the best interest of another person. Yes. So in like incongruence with our four dimensions of human health, it includes uh, as a soul, because we believe that human beings are souls here at the Institute, that there's something more substantial to us than just being a uh, somewhat accident, I guess, hmm. or some chemicals came together and produced human beings. Well, Very chemicals didn't come together and make us. We just Well, they did, but like, you know what I mean by yeah. accident. Yeah. Right. We, we think that, that souls are more substantial and valuable, that when we die, there's, there's things that happen, that there's things that are real like an afterlife. So with that, when we start to talk about love, we go, where do we learn about this? And so Jesus in the great commandment gave us uh, four areas to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So in the definition of love to know, want, and do what's in the best interest of another person, it's knowing in your mind, wanting in your heart and doing with your strength as a soul. Yes. And if we don't, if we don't go through that entire process, like if I know in my mind how to love somebody, and actually want to, in my heart, love them well, but I don't act, people don't feel it. The current doesn't translate. It doesn't transfer from one person to the next. Yeah, and that's important. The reason we took time to kind of go back and unpack love a little bit Mm -hmm. here is because it's going to define a lot of where we're going. We're going to be doing a lot of topics uh, regarding love and how it impacts various issues. Right. And so this is election season. Everybody's really tightly wound right now. <laughs> Everybody's angry and fed up and 
doesn't know what to do with themselves. And so why don't we just poke the bear? They're all pounding their fists on the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so everyone's ticked off. And so let's just go ahead and go there. And there's a subject we've been wanting to talk about because it's one I think all of us are struggling with. And it's really practical. This COVID crisis event that we're all in Mm -hmm. has created um, a lot of controversy in many ways. And probably the greatest controversy of a COVID climate (laughs) is... Masks. Yes. Oh, masks. 2020, the year of the mask. The year of the mask or the year of the not mask. I mean, depending on your <laughs> political position, my goodness. So we've Well, now come, it's political position. Well, it is now, but you walk around these days and quite honestly, you almost can like peg people like, oh, there's no mask. They must be a liberal. Oh, there's a mask. They must be a conservative. So we actually identify people and categorize them. Or would that be flipped? Them. Oh, there is a mask. They must be a liberal. Or, oh, there's oh no did I mask. just mix them up? But I, I don't know. It, who knows, yeah, right? Who really <laughs> how, knows? How do we tell? But people are categorizing everybody as either a friend or an enemy or a frenemy, I guess, <laughs> depending on whether they wear a mask or not. So the question is, how does love relate to the issue of masking up? Yeah. To mask or not to mask? I mean, there's oh, all over the news. You've got Dr. Fauci and uh, Donald Trump who like don't even talk to each other anymore. Like in the beginning, you know, they're on the same team and now they don't even talk to each other. And so this has gone from a medical issue to a political issue. And almost now, like, it's like you almost define what party you're in based upon how you feel about the mask. And I think to understand the timeline on this is really important, too. We're right now in like beginning of November-ish. Yeah. End of October, beginning of November. And all this started back in March. Yeah. How quickly we moved from, especially in the early stages, it was like a medical thing to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Right. This was the conversation for probably a couple months. Yep. And then eventually it converts and changes into now this whole political thing. And I don't know if that's because of the year and the fact that there's a major election going on this year as well, yeah. or if it would have done it in another year where there wasn't an election going on. Yeah, I wonder well, if it would have happened the same way. Everybody speculates. Now, I know we have conspiracy theorists and say, well, every election season, there's some crazy outbreak around the world of something, uh-huh. some big issue that's politically driven. You know, everybody has an agenda. And so there's all kinds of conspiracies. But let's just go back and look at the facts. Here's what confuses people, Ben. Mm. You go back to March and they say, no masks. Don't put on a mask. You don't need to wear a mask. And I know that's because they were trying to preserve PPE for medical professionals Mm. and hospitals and all that. But they said no mask. So everyone hears that message. And then a couple months later, it's like... even Fauci said no masks, no social Totally confusing. Like he's on tape recorded saying that. Don't wear a mask. And And then down the road, all of a sudden, it reverses. And then it's like everybody needs to wear a mask. So I totally understand why a lot of people would be like, this is herky jerky. You don't know what you're talking about. And you said no mask and now I need to wear a mask. So I'm just going to reject all that. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's the thing. And I know everyone's skeptical. Like, who do I believe? Who's telling the truth? You know, fake news and all that. <laughs> so here's the thing. D- don't listen to the media. Don't listen to the politicians. Don't listen to all the talking heads. Listen to the medical professionals in your own community. Do you believe the doctors, the nurses, you know, the, the um, district health in your area where you live? Do you believe that they all have an agenda and they're all lying to you? I mean, you look at, I'm, I'm married to a nurse. 
And nurses typically are pretty well respected and people believe them. So my wife is a nurse and I've asked her and I've talked to physicians about this. Certainly the health districts and medical officials are talking about this. And there's widespread agreement right now that wearing a mask is a good thing. Washing your hands, wearing a mask, staying six feet apart from other people is a good thing. So here's the problem. Why do so many people flip them off (laughs) and say, I don't care what you say. I'm not wearing it. And here's a speculation. This may not be true, but I'm going to say it. And you can tell me what you think, Ben. Okay. It's almost like when you're a kid and the parent says no, and you don't want no, (laughs) you want yes. Don't tell me what to do. And when you tell me what to do, I'm not going to do it. So there's like this little rebellious thing in all of us Mm -hmm. that when, when the government or anybody, you know, official tells us to do or not do something universally, Mm -hmm. we don't want to do it. So that may be immature. It may be childish. It may be selfish. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but part of me speculates that's part of this, Mm -hmm. that for a lot of us, we don't want to be told what to do. And there's a lot of folks who are like, the government certainly isn't going to tell me what to do. So again, I, I revealed this in the last couple episodes on politics. I'm a libertarian. Mm-hmm. So libertarians typically don't like government telling them what to do. Hands off. Let people make their own decisions and suffer the consequences or get the blessings based upon their own accountability. So I'm a big fan of government staying out of our daily lives. At the same time, as a libertarian... I don't look at this issue through the lens of politics. Mm -hmm. I look at it through the lens of medicine, and I look at it through the lens of, you guessed it, love. So let me put this in the context of Scripture. So for all of our listeners, growth junkies who consider themselves to be Christians and believe the Bible is the Word of God, great. Let's just talk about one passage of Scripture. (laughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is a great passage about how there was this issue back in the day where there was a meat that was sacrificed to idols and Christians would not eat that meat. So they wouldn't be worshiping idols, not entering into that sin. So that issue was happening at Corinth. And so Paul spoke to it in first Corinthians eight. And he says, you know, we don't really know if meat is sacrificed to idols and depending who you're with, don't worry about it. Mm hmm. He actually says, it's your right to not eat the meat sacrificed to idols, but for the sake of love, the sake of your neighbor, don't make it an issue. So from that passage, we've drawn all kinds of parallels. For example, drinking alcohol. (laughs) So here's my life. Listen, I like a good beer like anybody else. Me too. You do too. I like like a little scotch. I admit it. A cigar every once in a while. A little cigar. I like that. Um, So I claim my freedom as a full-grown man who has the ability to, to not overdrink, to have a glass of beer or a glass of wine or a glass of scotch or whatever, um, I limit myself. I don't get drunk. You know what I mean? I know it's a biblical issue, but I do have a drink. So the only thing I take into consideration right now beyond having just one or two drinks, it would be my neighbor or mm-hmm. the person I'm drinking with. Right. There are people and situations I go into where I'm consciously aware of who I'm with. So I will, I have the right to drink, all the right in the world, but I choose not to for the sake of loving my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Because what if I'm with somebody who's a, who his parent was an alcoholic 
or maybe they were an alcoholic. Yeah. And I'm aware of that. The moment I become aware of that, I choose not to drink in front well, of them. I think one of the things you're bringing up that's really important is the consideration for the person that you're with. Yes. In a society where, by and large, we're mostly considering ourselves. Yeah. That's a huge step to begin with. It's yeah. just that thing. Do we actually consider those around us? And when we set out to do that, what does that look like? Because yeah. I want to go back to the medical thing here real quick. I've talked to professionals, medical professionals, who are reputable. Emergency room doctors, people who are in the practice, <clears throat> like nurses, whatever. Some who've said, yes, masks, absolutely. Others who've said, not so much. Hmm. And so not, I don't know that every medical professional falls in the same place. You may be right about that. And that maybe that's my own experience. Maybe some others have had, had that experience too. But yeah. the reality is there's, there's a lot of questions about this. Yeah, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of our listeners do struggle with this. And I, and I think it's clear that maybe there isn't continuity in the medical community on this. But there does seem, at least I can say this, yeah. there does seem to be a lot of evidence that washing hands, maintaining six feet of distance, and wearing a mask does help. Well, let's take the first two. Okay. Of course, washing your hands with any germs, mm -hmm. as long as they tell you to wash them for, or using, let's say, um, gel, whatever, what do they call it? The, the stuff that comes out of the dispensers. Oh, the disinfectants? Yeah, the, my, my brain is gone yes. today, right? Like the, the hand sanitizer. There we go. There you go. Finally got there. <laughs> Hand sanitizer that's 60% alcohol, at least, that's going to kill any germs. It doesn't matter if it's COVID. Yeah. And then the six foot of distance, like that's going to keep you from getting sick if you stay, uh, you're getting sick if you stay six feet away from everyone all the time. It doesn't matter if it's influenza or COVID. That's mm -hmm. the mask part. That yeah. This is the next layer. This is the next level. Yeah. And to be truthful, like how many people really wash their hands the way that they recommend. Oh, I've been in the men's restroom many times. I can tell you for a fact, many don't. <laughs> or stay six feet away from anyone. Oh my goodness. So as an admitted germaphobe, I'm actually pleased about this. The washing of the hands, the standing six feet apart, the cleaning of door handles is a good thing. Are you still a germaphobe? I am a germaphobe. So this is a wonderful thing How for me. How deep does this run? I don't know. It just, it runs deep in my life. <laughs> I used to open doors with my elbows anyway, you know, and I've always been kind of freaked out about germs. And so... I kind of get this and I'm grateful that the positive outcome is that people are now more germophobic and more germ aware. Have you seen the foot opener for a door? No, but I need to. I saw this was like a really cool thing that I saw. Ah. And I don't remember if it was here in our state or somebody somewhere else where I was on the road, but a little metal plate that got affixed to the bottom of the door, restroom door. Yeah. And you open the door with your foot. Okay. I, I'd love to go more on that, but we're digressing. Ben. <laughs> we're digressing. Let's come back. And here's the point. I and just I, knew you would appreciate it. I do appreciate it. I'm going to get one of those. <laughs> but for our listeners, let's leave the medical thing aside. Like, honestly, whether it helps or doesn't help is almost a non-issue if we're talking about how love impacts this issue. So even if there's a chance, like, for example, I could go have a beer back to the alcohol. <laughs> I could go have a beer with somebody that maybe was an alcoholic, but they're actually they're, they're totally cool. Like they're really so healthy and so well adjusted that I could have a beer with them and it doesn't bother them. Yeah. You know, but then there's another person that I sense it could bother them. There's even a chance it could possibly make them quote, you know, stumble, so to speak. Mm -hmm. My feeling is even if there's a chance, 
even if there's a chance I could hurt them, that I could somehow let them down, then I'm willing to not do it. I won't even take that chance. Mm-hmm. So how does that relate to the mask issue? And this is, this is what I feel strongly about. As a Christian person, you know, who really wants to, to live the way of Jesus um, and to model like, like Paul and the way that he lived, mm-hmm. I want to make the same decisions. Am I willing to give up my rights, my freedoms for the sake of another? I love my freedoms. I don't want anyone to take them away from me. And no one is taking them away from me, but I can choose for myself to regulate my own freedoms, to surrender them at times for somebody else. So if I walk into an environment and there's any chance someone in that environment is vulnerable, mm-hmm. could get hurt, and I want to communicate love to that person, if I have any sense whatsoever that wearing a mask in this environment protects them, makes them feel safe, makes them feel comfortable, then you bet I'm going to wear a mask. So you're saying that the most loving thing to do is to deny yourself, deny your own freedom mm-hmm. for the sake of another. So if, am I characterizing that correctly? Absolutely. That's how you would define it. Absolutely. And, but here's the other turn. On the other side, if I walk into an environment and, and masks are not important, and in fact, if I put one on, it's going to make everyone feel guilty or you know, uncomfortable or change the environment, then I'm, or, or, or somehow be a holier-than-thou person in the room where they all feel like I'm somehow thinking that I'm better than them because I'm you know, the only one wearing the mask. Yeah, look at me. I'm masked up. What about all you fools? Exactly. What are you doing, right? I'm not going to wear the mask then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have to make a statement. One way or another, the, the, the rules of the game are what's the most loving thing to do in this situation. We've talked about this before. I'll say it again. If you believe that love is important, then everything you say, everything you do should be preceded by the question, what is the most loving thing to say? What is the most loving thing to do? Mm-hmm. So it's about discerning your environment and doing what's in the best interest of the other. So I feel like that is a Christian response, honestly, mm-hmm. to this issue. It is a, quote, biblical response to the problem of the mask. It's not political. And I'll even say it's not even medical. It is love. Well, and the interesting part about this concept and the whole discussion we're having here is in the midst of a society and culture that is really all about love. Like it's the first card we throw on the table with any issue. Yes. Any sociocultural political issue. It's like, we just need more love, more love and more empathy. I know we said this in previous podcasts, but trying to sort this out and work it out is, can be a bit challenging because you going back to you talked about the uh, the children being told what they do and kind of being kicking and screaming in a sense like having freedoms taken away yeah or or something like that I don't remember exactly how you phrased it earlier but there's like this rebellious streak in people we don't want to be told what to do yes but kind of the way I say it is you know um, people don't do what they're told to do they tell they do what they tell themselves to do yes that's kind of how we operate and and it's really a conflict it's it's a collision in a immensely individualistic society where we want what we want and we're going to protect it at all costs. Mm -hmm. And then you throw the card of love on the table whenever there's an issue and say, well, we just need more love. Mm. So if we were just more loving then everybody would get along and we would be fine. But when I look around, I don't know that I really see people willing to deny themselves that much. That's right. I think I'm just going to throw this out there. I think there are people who, 
because of their particular political persuasion, will wear a mask as a political statement. Mm-hmm. And it's more about them than it is about the care sure. of other people. Sure. And then there's likewise the, on the other end. on the other side of yeah. people who won't wear a mask. Yep. To make a statement. To make a statement. Yep. And it's more about them. Yep. And so that's where I because it took me a while. I was trying to figure it out. Like there was a series of months where I, I just I would go back and forth. And you and I had this conversation mm-hmm. a while ago. And I, I was going, I just don't know where I fall on all of it. Yeah. It's like, who do you believe? It's confusing. So you're right. And I think with all of the mixed information out there. Politically and medically, I get the confusion. Because what if this, because we talked about this too earlier, you put a mask on. Yeah. And what are you consistently recycling? I know. Your own CO2 and germs into your body. Right. And they've talked about this as well. That can compromise a person's immune system and make you sick. Yeah. Is Is that good and okay? Is that healthy for you if you're coming down with colds. I feel like I've been more under the weather this year mm. than I have in the past. I don't normally catch colds, yeah. but I feel like I have a lingering kind of consistent ongoing something funky happening in my body. And the only difference is I'm wearing a mask all the time. Maybe you have COVID. <laughs> oh, we're not going to talk about no, that. No, let's not even go there. That's another topic. But we're not socially you know, distanced. Right ben, now. I, I appreciate all that. And I, I, I feel that tension. And let me just say this. Listen, I don't like wearing masks. I find them uncomfortable and funky and goofy. They pull on my ears and make them look like an elf, you know? <laughs> um, they don't fit right. Um, I, I, I get all sweaty. They fog my glasses. They do. They fog my glasses. I hate wearing masks, honestly. Do you honestly. Wear glasses? I, I do sunglasses. Well, yeah. Yeah, I had LASIK years ago. But well, I, like me, a guy like me who has bad vision has to wear glasses yeah, all the time. and it's so annoying. They fog my glasses. So here's the thing. It gets absurd. I mean, I see people out like riding their bikes with masks on. And I'm like, what? People driving in their cars with masks on. I'm like, okay, this is absurd. Because that's county mandate. To drive in your car with a mask on? But you're supposed to have a mask on. I think specifically in our county, you're supposed to have a mask on in public at all times. Well, so this is where common sense. Even if you can social distance. Common sense comes into play. If I am outside and six feet away from other human beings, I'm not wearing a mask. How dare you? It's absurd. (laughs) If I'm driving my own car, I'm not wearing a mask. Well, that makes sense. I mean, come on, folks. Common sense still can exist. We still can have it. But here's the thing. I hate it. I don't want to. I don't like breathing. You know, if I get like 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 super garlicky pizza for lunch, mm. I got to smell my own breath the rest of the day. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Nobody wants that. So masks stink. But here's the thing, Ben. Mm. If I want to be a loving person and I really put the needs and interests of others ahead of my own, then I will never bat an eye or have a second thought that depending on the environment I find myself in, that I'm either going to wear a mask or not wear a mask for the love of my neighbor. Yeah. So like, for example, in schools, I don't understand this one. It's kind of a big issue for me, you know, to go into a school in an environment where everyone's freaked out and teachers don't know if they're safe in the classroom and kids are crammed in classrooms and all that. And they say, please wear a mask. My thing is the loving thing to do is to wear a mask. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. But when kids show up to school, little kids show up to school and they're not wearing a mask in an environment where they're asked to wear a mask or encouraged to wear a mask, I have these ideas that roll through my heads about what are the parents doing with their kids? And then I wonder, are you really as a parent not going to insist that your kid needs to love his or her neighbor? 
put a mask on them, if for no other reason to communicate that I want my child to love his or her neighbor and to model that in the classroom. So let's throw another scenario alongside this, which just happened here recently. You had over 600 teachers, union teachers in a school district decide Uh that they were not going to go teach. Yeah. Okay. Which caused the canceling of school. I know. And basically saying, hey, you parents who have to try to work to make a living, like now you have to stay at home and educate your kid because we don't want to go. Yes. And we think it should all be remote on online when still something like 1,200 other teachers were fine to go there. Right. The kinds of issues I this know. causes. And, and what were they? Were they making a political statement? Were they making a health statement? What kind of statement were they making? That's now, a question. I'm not sitting here going, I'm against it and frustrated by it. My right. kids don't go to those schools. Right. But the reality is, it's like, okay, so you're going to, you're going to, we pay your salaries. Mm-hmm. Like my kids go to a private school and I pay for them to go there, but I also pay taxes. Yep. So I'm, I'm contributing to the salaries of public school teachers. And so you're going to say, we're just not going to go teach. And, and yet we can't fill the rest of it. We can't find enough substitutes to cover so that things happen. And then there are mm-hmm. inconvenienced parents who have to stay at home now and try to teach their kid. Like the whole thing's a mess. Oh, it's a That's total my mess. point here. Absolutely. My passion is coming from not that I'm for or against one or the other, but like it's just a mess. It is a mess. So it, and this is part of the fallout of not having a national mandate. The bottom line is like either masks across the board or no masks. I mean, make a decision. But when you leave it up to every individual and every community to do whatever they want, you're going to have this mess. So it is part of the fallout of not having anything consistent federally. I realize people don't want federal law. And as a libertarian, I'm not in favor of that. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, I'd almost rather have clarity. It's either one or the other, masks or no masks. But stop leaving up to everybody to make their own decision because we get messes like this. So, Ben, here's my answer to that, to the teachers who all, you know, call in for whatever reason and, 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 and put parents in a precarious position because it does put them in a precarious position. Yeah. The law of love applies. No different here. How can I be most loving to the parents and the kids in my classroom? You know what I would say? Get back in the classroom. Where you know, goggles if you have Protect to. Protect yourself. You know, zip up in a in a dive <laughs> uniform, whatever. Be an astronaut for all I care. But go there and say, you know what? I am fearful. This is a very real concern. But I do believe being in the classroom and doing my job is important. So I'm going to go and I'm protect myself. And I'm going to insist that my kids wear masks and protect themselves. But I'm going to go. I just feel like what's the most loving thing to do here? Mm. It's true for all of us. And I feel like so few of us are making the decision based on that. It's either I'm scared, you know, or I'm ticked. Yeah. It's not because I'm going to love others and let that drive my decision. So anybody that calls himself a Christian, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Jesus said, the world will know you by how you love other people. Yeah. And if you are letting your fear or your anger drive your decision on the issue of masks or how you live your life here then you are not driven by love and no one sees you as loving. Therefore, nobody sees Jesus in you. At the end of the day, it has to be what's most loving. And I, I'm honestly exhausted by Jesus calling Christians who claim to be Jesus followers and are living out of total fear Mm. or out of total anger and not even given consideration to what loving is 
here. And I think it brings up the the overall complexity of the entire discussion and question is who then decides yeah. what what it means to be loving because people are totally great to tell you when you're being unloving. Yep. But those same standards don't apply to themselves. Right? The ends justify the means. Yep. And and that's that's one of the difficulties that I find. Now, I want to go back to one of the things you mentioned about a national mandate because this brings up another issue that we haven't discussed at this point. And I think it would be a good place for us to kind of wind down and eventually land the plane. But it's this. National mandate still does not uh, control how a person wears their mask. Oh, yeah. You mean the <laughs> so, way how people don't know how to wear them? Well, the, yeah. Chin guards. Yeah, chin guards or uh, below their nose. Yeah. Uh, and, and so here's the thing. I've had to I've had to fly a couple times in the last month or so. If you're going to get COVID, you're going to get it on an airplane. Now, <laughs> yeah, there's the disinfecting going on. There's the HEPA filters. I mean, planes have never been and airports have never been as clean as they are right True, now. It's but, quite amazing. But you always get sick on airplanes. But you are so yeah. close to other people I know, I on know. an airplane that the filtering and all that it's great. Yeah. Um, and I'm. I'm okay with saying, you know, like I buy a big bottle of water before I get on an airplane because I can sit there and drink my water and I can take my mask off for periods of time because mm-hmm. it's miserable to sit for four hours with a mask on. It's it's a horrible <clears throat> feeling. Yeah. And you're not six feet from anyone on that airplane. Nope. Regardless of the mask. So you can't control how people wear their masks. So there's just so many issues across the board that yeah. I don't think we figured it out in this podcast, nor well, was that our goal. But love, love requires me to not just know that I should wear a mask, but how to wear my mask. Honestly, it's lazy. If you're not willing to understand that you breathe through your nose, not just your mouth, and understand that your mask should cover both of those orifices, then you're being lazy. So are you calling me lazy because I drink water on an airplane and take my mask No, off? no, no. But I'm saying if you don't know how to operate a mask... <laughs> How does a mask work? Then you should insist on learning. The bottom line is, so so here, this is where I land, Ben. Let's land the plane. Okay. Where I land is this. In this world right now, I feel like empathy matters. The ability to have empathy for other people. And we've called empathy the secret sauce that goes on everything. Mm-hmm. So when I'm caught between the two, between my rights, my freedoms, and empathy, I choose empathy. Mm. I choose empathy, yeah. selflessness over selfishness. So my default right now is to put my mask on, put it on. But if I discern that it's not helpful and nobody cares and it's not necessary in an environment, then I'll take it off. Yeah. But I'd rather start with that rather than start with my rights and say, I'm not going to wear a mask unless I have to. It begins with me, my selfish desires. Yeah. And the way of Jesus is always selfless. It's always sacrifice, which is true. That at the end of the day is where I land. I'm going to wear my mask unless I feel like I shouldn't for some reason. And I wish that we as Christians would start there. I heard recently that we're going to be masking and social distancing into 2022. Yeah, might as well get used to it, right? This is here to stay. And even when, you know, they come up with, you know, solutions, (laughs) panaceas to this epidemic, this it's going to take a while. Not everybody's going to get that right away, and it's going to take a long time to get the whole society to do it. Are you going to get the vaccine? Not be the first one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Maybe when it's proven to be safe. Maybe that's a different episode. Oh, everyone is like, I'm pro-vaccine, but I'm not going to be first in line. So it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. So we need to settle in and decide what is our philosophy moving forward. 
I would encourage us to stop and think about what, again, is the most loving, selfless thing we should be doing right now. That is the call. That is the example set for us by Jesus and by Paul for all men and women everywhere that claim Jesus. I feel like that's our testimony. Mm -hmm. I feel like it enhances and strengthens our testimony. If we live out of the law of love Mm -hmm. and we do what we do because we love others, that ought to be the final issue. What is the most loving thing to say, the most loving thing to do? Right. So friends, that's kind of our last thought. I mean, take it or leave it, (laughs) kick it around, punch us in the face. You know, write us well, an don't, email. Don't punch No, don't, you'll like, be nice, but you I, don't have to agree. <laughs> we have been emphatic. You don't have to agree with us, yeah. but we wanted to process this out loud because Ben and I have had some different perspectives on this and mm-hmm. we figured it'd be helpful to have this conversation because I feel like everyone's thinking these things, yeah. but doesn't know how to talk about yeah, it without hard. becoming a battle. It's challenging. It's very challenging. So growth junkies, what we care about is having honest conversation mm-hmm. and talking about real issues But a growth junkie is somebody that values empathy and values learning and personal development. Mm -hmm. So the posture we take is that I may not be right. I could be wrong. And I'm willing to change my view to do what's best. Well, and I want to say one last thing. because Yeah. And and what we're saying is we're putting at the center of the philosophy. If you have a box, right, and you're going to put a one word in that box that drives how you live philosophically, what goes in that box? Mm -hmm. If self-preservation goes in that box... Then or, or protection of your rights goes in that box or freedom goes in that box or success. I mean, there's all kinds of words that co- can go in there, but is it actually going to accomplish and, and, and allow you to live the most substantial life possible? If yeah. love goes in that box, it changes. If becoming a loving person is at the center of all of it, it changes the way you think about things like masks. But it'll tell you a lot about what a person believes, how they approach these subjects. That's that it. Maybe what is what is the philosophical underpinning of how they're approaching and living life? Yeah, for us, it's always the why. It's always the why. Why do we do or why do we not do? At the end of the day, it is the law of love. Governs everything. And quite honestly, should govern everything for everybody that calls himself a Christian. That should be the primary issue. Jesus sacrificed all, gave up all of his rights for our sake. Well, I would say if anyone's going to throw the love card on the table, mm-hmm. it should govern it for them too, whether yeah. they call themselves a follower of Jesus or That's not. That's true. If they're going to say love is a solution, yeah. well, then act like it. Yes. Right? That's right. I agree. And that's a great way to end. So, you know, this is just us being honest with you, growth junkies. We owe it to you. We value transparency. We will always talk openly and frankly about issues, and we understand some of them are controversial. But it's good. It's good to have this conversation. We hope it, it, it stimulates you to think, um, to, to ponder, to have conversation. And, you know, we love your feedback. And so you can write us at info at loveandtransformation.org. Uh, we will keep having these conversations in future, future episodes. But um, you can find us uh, at loveandtransformation.org. Get in touch with us. Read about us. Learn about us. It's called the Love and Transformation Institute. We are the Growth Junkies. We're building a community, a tribe of growth junkies out there, and we love the fact you're coming with us. So please continue to join us as we talk about these things in the future. And we will see you next time, growth junkies.